On today's episode, Dave interviews comedian Warren B. Hall. Warren has appeared on Comics Unleashed and is a featured comedian on the ADD Comedy Tour. I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. It's so nice to meet you. It's good to be here. I've heard so much about you. You're, you live in Chicago, right? I do. I live on the outskirts because I've learned that by telling people Chicago, yeah, right. real people who live in Chicago get angry. So I now know, it's I know. I'm so glad you say that. West I'm from Chicago. Oh, Chicago. Are you? Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm Naperville. I know Naperville very well. Trophy wives go to die. So no, I know Naperville. I know Marvin Greener was. Uh, I went to college with Marvin Greener. He's in Naperville, and there were Napers, and they weren't nice people. They're they they feel entitled, a little bit. I'm talking about. The Napers, who started Naperville. It was oh, a religious mean, organization. Did you know that? No. Yeah, they're like the... the uh, I thought you meant my neighbors. I'm like, they're no, entitled. No, 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 no. I don't know your neighbors. Well, they were neighbors, apparently. They were neighbors? <laughs> no. Okay. Because I, I really... I know the, I know, the, I right. know about the neighbors. Because when my friend Marvin Greener, who I went to college with, he... Um, I wonder if he's going to listen to this. Anyway. Hilarious. When he... I was like, Naperville? Why is it called that? It's sort of like in Iowa, the Amana community. Not a clue. I, you you got to get out. No, I thought you said Humana at first. Right, like, oh, right. I know I'm what getting, those people are. We're getting are. this whole thing all around. The Amana community in Iowa, it's where they, uh, it's, it's another one of those religious organizations where people you know, going out west and they made it and not, they made it to Naperville. I look at those communities as how many wives do they have? Were they the kind where they had multiple wives? I think wives? it's one of those. I think it's one okay. of those. It's, I think it's one of those. And I really, I believe that the Mormons started in, in Illinois. The Mormons girl. made it to Illinois, and then they were like, you know, screw this, we're going to head out to, huh, to there. Things um, to I want to tell you, we, we've started already. We've begun. Yeah, we've begun. So there's, it's not that. So we're meeting with, you know, right, I, always, right. I always have that so that people go. They know this is where it's going to be. The second you mic me, I thought. I want to. I want to just say this, and I and I and I, um, Ian Foley, our producer, said that you were nervous. I was yesterday. Today, you were I'm yes, good. Good. And let me just say, I was really surprised. And let me just say why I I was surprised that you'd say that because I was watching the video that you got. You got a couple of things on YouTube. One's like a seven minute, eight minute thing. One's a twenty two minute thing. Right. That's an amalgamation. Right. It's kind of a pastiche of a bunch of them, and there's never. Like, I watch a lot of people, and there's never a doubt of, in what you're doing, there's not, there's not, there's, I, I don't see any fear or confusion or, or anything. You're oh. just straight up on going On stage, you mean? You, yeah, okay. yeah, I don't okay. care about this. Okay. <laughs> um, but on stage, because I, we're also talking about that, you own that house. Do you know what my first dream was? When I first, when I first said I want to be a comic, my first dream was... I just wanted to be, my first goal was I just wanted to be comfortable on stage. Because uh-huh. when I first got on a course, I wasn't comfortable. I used to work at this day job where it was uh, an answering machine service. So every right. day I'd say, thanks for calling PCS, this is Warren B. Hall. So I used to get so nervous that when it was time to say, hey, what's going on? All I could get out was, hey, thanks for coming, this is Warren B. Hall. Oh, God, I'm uh-huh, a PCS. Uh-huh, uh-huh, so I would uh-huh. screw that up. So right. now, yeah. That's... No, 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 no. But there, are, but, but your material is really strong. And, and the, the stuff that you had, of course, you're not going to push the stuff that doesn't work right 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 but, you, but i am watching this and you own those people Thank and you. they are with you the entire and there's some laughs there that that are that i could tell uh, um unexpected no no i don't no, not necessarily that but ones that that hit your soul hard that hit you right. your soul hard right do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where you go, that, oh, that was really good. I almost feel bad about that because I've had other people say, I could tell you enjoyed that part. 
Because I want it to look like I expected it, but sometimes it's like, oh, that went better than well, I thought What do you mean go. by that? I don't understand what you mean by that. I don't understand. I, I guess, like, some people don't like comics who laugh at their own stuff uh -huh. or, or, or they look too happy. Like, yeah, I knew that was going to go over. But there are times when a joke goes over so well that I didn't even expect it to go over that well. Right. But then it puts an instant smile on my face like, oh, you But don't it? you want to connect to an audience in that way? I know for me that when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm improvising, or not when I'm improvising so much because you don't have that immediate connection with somebody. Right. But inside, I'm going to let the audience know, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes. If I'm going to do stand-up and I'm surprised in that way, uh, that, that, that something hit that I didn't think would hit, I, would, I think I would say, boy, that hit and I didn't think that would hit. Huh. You know, because they're seeing that look on your face and you're I like, that you smile on me. Like, oh, look what you just did to me. Look what you just did exactly. to me. Exactly. Right? Yes. I concur. I know. And there's, and uh, to have, to, when, when you're stand up and to sit there and uh, to sit, when you're standing up there and you're trying something new and it, and it comes to you and it just, you nail it. What's right. that? What's that? What's that feeling? Yeah. Um, I think I'm one of those comics where I'll write something and it's funny to me. Right. I think it's funny, but I honestly never know if the audience is going to get, A, that reference that I right. made, or if they're even going to get it. I wrote a bit about toilet paper and the girlfriend right. and putting it on, it goes this way or that way. Right. And when we had the conversation, I didn't think every guy after the show would be like, dude, we just had that conversation. <laughs> I thought, we just had that conversation. Right. I'll talk about it. But right. that, was, that was a hidden, oh, everybody has that conversation? Right. Oh, that's, right. that's great. Um, did you tip the guy? He said it was paid. It was paid. I, I didn't tip him. Oh, well. It was paid if he said that. We got food coming. Bam. Yeah. Um, I love when people do that. And I had that in a different way. I worked in, uh, I did improvisation in prisons for a while. Let's for a year. I was 25. That was crazy. Non-comedic improv in prisons across the United States. And I did that for a year. Hard, and, hard time prisons? or just... Oh, we did hard time. We did maxi, mini, juvie. Women's, men's, uh, death row. Uh, we did that. And, did uh, they laugh on death row? It wasn't funny. It was not comedic. Oh. So it was actually mask work, and it was movement-based. Now imagine that. And yet it dealt with their lives in a way that a lot of these guys had never seen improvisation before. They've never seen theater before. They've never seen improvisation before. And I remember dealing one time dealing with um, rape. For the first time, this is our next door neighbor dog, so just beware. Gotcha. Um, dealing with with uh, with prison rape, and um, a guy came up to me afterwards and said, "Yeah, um, a buddy of mine, uh, a friend, uh, a buddy, a friend, um, that happened to him, and it happened that way, the way that you did it." I was like, "Whoa, okay, your buddy, sure." Whoop da. Oh, the old my buddy. Yeah, wink, I got a friend who's wink. got a question. Gotcha. So that thing, and to look at. The work that we do, the work that we do, when I say we, I mean, I'm putting you in that category as well. I'm sorry, I know you don't want to. But the work that we do, because we touch people in a way, and your material is about that connection. I agree with that. I agree with that. Like going overseas and doing shows for the troops to get them to forget where they were for an hour, an hour and a half. But That's how do you exactly do that? exactly what I was about. You know what I mean? When you do that, how do you do that? How do you make them forget it for, for an hour, an hour and a half? By talking about things that, that they know and they relate to. That's it. As opposed to... Things that they, you know, it's like, you know what? Who was I talking to? Maybe it was one of these, maybe it was one of these interviews that we've had where somebody said that they were hired to go in and deal with uh, people that, that talked about death on the phone. Do you remember that? Was that, 
Well, they anyway. answer the phones. Well, they were they were dealing with they, these were the grief counselors. These were grief counselors, and 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 it was a gig that somebody had to come in and deal and and entertain. Second City people had to come in and entertain these grief counselors, and they were saying, "What are we going to do? We only have an hour. With, you know, it's like we're talking to people on the phone, grief counselors, and they're talking to people on the phone, and then we've got an hour with them, and then they're going to go back and talking to these people on the phone. Yeah. And they said we could do one of two things: we can avoid it and talk about not death, or we can do our funny stuff about death and see what they're going to do. And sure enough, they did all the old Second City material that had to deal with death, and everybody went, thank you, because you're talking about stuff that we deal with all the time, and thank you. I'll be honest, though. I'm bothered when I call my suicide hotline, and they're giggling because something they heard earlier, and I think maybe they're giggling at me. Yeah, but you know what? If you're going to kill yourself, you're going to kill yourself anyway. This is a good point. You know, and if you've got that that going, well, then God bless. Yeah, I I love to mention, uh, like, Patrice had that, that uh, album, Elephant in the Room. Right. I love to mention that. When yeah. no one thinks anyone else is going to mention it, it's like, you did see that, right? Yeah. We're going to mention that yeah, you saw right? that. How could you not? Because the moment that you don't mention it, everybody's going, that happened, and why aren't you talking about it right now? Or they were like, I hoped you'd talk about it, and you did. Right. So that feels good. Um, Patrice, man, how about him, right? I mean, when your, your number is up, your number is up. But it's also what happened, what his life prior to that, the right. energy that that guy had, the focus, the honesty, and his I don't give a damn attitude. But it didn't change him. It didn't. No, like some it people, didn't. it's like, I know the end might possibly be near, and they change. He didn't change. He no. said, I still tell old ladies, fuck you. Right, exactly. And I still tell old ladies that. So. I, um, I was telling Ian that I saw uh, Chappelle okay. when he came So Chappelle has this $55 million deal with Comedy Central, is mm-hmm. that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then disappears. Right. Goes to South Africa. I was working at Second City right next door at that time. And I was uh, the artistic director over there at Second City. And Second City was here and right next door was the improv. Right. And I'm drinking at the bar at the improv and the bartender says, uh, you're going to want to go into the showcase room? Is that what they call showcase? Want to go into the main room? And I said, what's happening? He says, Chappelle just got off the, the plane and drove over here and is just talking about what the hell just went down. And... It was one of the most compelling things because people were wondering, what's up? And he goes, I'm just here to tell you what I did. Right. And he said, I got 45 minutes and I will answer any question that you have. I didn't even hear about this. Nobody heard about it. Nobody. And I keep thinking to myself, did I dream that? And, uh, and it happened. I mean, he got, came right from LAX to the improv. I got to hang out with him for an hour and a half. I was opening for D.L. Hughley. This is, oh, this is after, this is after, after that. After that. <clears throat> and um, I was in the middle act for D.L. Hughley, and he came out to see D.L. It was uh-huh. a funny bone in, uh, by where he lives on the farm in Ohio, Dayton. Uh-huh. So he came out to see him. So I get off stage, I'm thinking about whatever jokes, and I open the green room door, and I wish I'd been there 30 seconds earlier, because as I walk in, uh, D.L.'s pointing at him going, you're the only comic right now who they listen to if you said that. And they both look at me, how was your set? And I'm like, what, what, what would they What's, say? What did happen? And you don't right? expect to see, you know, one of your favorite comics no. sitting right there. And he looks at me and he's got that look like, don't attack me, brother. Right. Don't attack me. <laughs> and I go, hey. He goes, how's the, how's the crowd? And I was like, hey. Right. You know? Right. But uh, he's not just a comic. Out, he's not just a comic because, because, you know, both those guys. Right. Aren't just comics; they are inspirations to people. They're inspirations on a really different level. But he came back the next day because I thought he was going to hang out then, and he didn't. And he said, "Oh, I think I'll try to come in tomorrow and watch the show." And right mm-hmm. there, you're thinking he's not going to come back. He's not right. going to come back. So the show goes. He does not come back. We're all packing up, getting paid. It was the last night, and then he comes in and he sat down. It was five of us: me, him, uh, DL's road manager, who was who was 
Turbo on uh, uh, no, no, um, Gladiators. It wasn't Turbo. <laughs> it was Saber. He was Saber on American Gladiators. So I'm like. Were you on American Gladiators? I saw the play Eagles? American Gladiators. I did not see the TV show. Yeah, TV show, much different. Much different. So but, uh, y- y'all yeah, we were sat sitting there around. and we talked, and I feel bad for saying this, but he was much more intelligent than I gave him credit for. Really? I thought, I thought eh, he's a crazy pothead who's, no. who's funny, and he was deep. He he's told really stories deep. That he's so really deep. deep. But it's also, look at what he did. He gave it away. See? Did, did he get... No, I want to say, did he give it away? Did he get it... Did he give it away? No, you know what he did? He didn't he, take it. He left it's not that it. he did give it away. He went, that's not for me. That's nope. not for me. Nope. And who's got the balls to be able to go, well, many of us do. Because I, I do it to a certain extent. Not $55 million. But the idea of, do I want to sell out? Or do I want to do what brings me See, and that's why we're at different, different stages in life. Because I'd be like, exactly what type of accent do you want on the slave I play? And I will say that I'll if they want to do that, that's okay. Right. You know, if you want to do that, that's okay too. I'm not knocking it. I'm saying, right now I look at that and I go, I look at it and I think, okay, what brings me joy right now? Right. And if you want me, I will do that. But I got to want to do that. Huh. I got to want to do that. I want to see. I got to want to do that. I want to see what the value of that is. That'd be a gateway drug for me that, it's like if i can get my foot into this acting thing going here right but i'm one of those guys I, i'll never leave comedy i like when i find out guys who who are like yeah so-and-so he quit comedy i'm like how do you how do you quit how do you right. not, how do you fall out of love with comedy if nothing else right my relationship with my girl doesn't work my car breaks down i can always tell jokes right you know right. everyone think they're funny we'll find out but right it, you can't take that away from me and i wouldn't want to I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to not do it. It's interesting, the idea of you can't take that away from me. Because you can't take that away from you. That can't be taken right. away from you. That's the core of, that's, that's not the core that's, because I, I'm always very careful about saying, that's who it is that you are. That's not who it is that you are. That's a part of who it is that you are. All right. right? I agree with that. I agree with that. And I think because people say, ah, that's, ah, at least I got comedy. But you know what you also have? You have the shit that makes the comedy, which is that heart, that noticing, that oneness with the world, that. I would never say at least I have comedy, right? Because it's an elusive dream, right? So, but I have the stuff that makes it, right? I got and and I have to get that stuff out, right? I have to. So if I was working nine to five, whatever the job is, I'm accountant, whatever, and I'm making money, that's good. But I'd be the guy at the office making jokes at the water cooler. Mm-hmm. I'd be that dude, like, hey, you notice know Brenda from blah blah blah, and I'd, right. I'd I'd have to, right? I can't. I can So I can't imagine getting to a point where, see, like for instance, okay, I look at Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. Because I became a comic because Eddie, I wanted to be Eddie Murphy when I was a kid. Right. You know? In 82, he was doing Saturday Night Live. I'm like, that's, right. that's what I want to do. And then he came out with, uh, uh, what was the first movie um, where he's a cop? Beverly Hills Cop. Right. And I was like, that's what I want. I want that fast talking, on the fly, swish up. Um, that's what I wanted. But it's like, I understand him walking away because that's Disney money. That's Disney money. And now your kids can watch it and they can right. be proud of what you're doing. And right. you're still in the comedy field. You're right. still making people laugh. So I can get that, but he's the one guy I want to come back and do just one more special mm-hmm. for me personally. His stand-up. Right? right? His yeah. stand-up, yes. not his acting, yes. but his stand-up. I mean, his stand-up, right. and, and not coach, just his right. whatever he wants to talk about. Yeah. That's it. I want, I, want, I want to see that. I would pay to see that. Him and Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby, I'd probably not even want to meet him. I'd probably, it'd be awkward because I'd want to hug him. Right. And it'd be like, there's a little Theo and no, all No, I think sir. that he would hug. I think that he would hug in his weird sweater if he's still doing this See, sort of thing. I, I think he would. I think he would, I think I think he would still hug. Yeah. Um, uh, but but uh, there's another guy, Bill Cosby, who just, 
who has just been inspiring to so many people Most outside definitely. of the, the, the stand-up world too, where what story do you have? What's your truth? What's your history? What's your story? What, what do you want to tell us? And his honesty was great. Yep. I mean, he doesn't do stand-up anymore. He sits in a chair and talks. You know, that's what he does. But he doesn't even need an opener and an MC. No. Who, nobody, nobody else does that, says, just give me a chair. I'll come out by myself and still give you over what you thought I was going to give you anyway. Right. Nobody else does that. No. That's stuff inside you that you have to get out. And it's the feeling that I am going, I am, I have to get this stuff out right. and I'm not scared of it. Right. I'm not scared of running out of material. I'm not scared of not having something to say. I am going out there and going to commune with you. I think comedy's the only thing, though, where I, I did a show, I sold a CD. This woman emailed me back and said, hey, the stuff you did on the show was on this CD, and she was bothered by it. And I was like, well, did you laugh when you saw it? She goes, yeah, but I wanted to play it for my friends. I'm like, were your friends at the show? No. Then they saw what you saw, so I don't see I don't understand what she wanted. What did she want? She wanted a whole different set. Got it. On the CD she bought. Right, right. And I look at it as, we yeah. all buy DVDs, and you don't expect to be a different performance on the DVD that you bought. Right. And when I see Chris Rock, I bought what he just did, because I want to see what he just did. And yet there's also something where I understand her eagerness and her enthusiasm. I also understand her hunger. Mm. I really get that. The idea of, I want more, I want more. I just started watching The Wire. I know of the show. So you know like what? Three episodes. I, I, that's exactly where I am. I'm three episodes okay. into it. And people, and I'm watching The Wire and I'm thinking, okay, um, I want more. Right. I want a little more. I want a little more. Okay. I want a little more. And that's what she wanted. Right. She wanted a little more. And she needs to get me a television show and I can get her a little more. I can get her a little more. And I can get her a little more. So right. I hope she's listening right now. Why do you live in Naperville? Uh, and, and let me just tell you this. Hold that thought. All right. I know people live in Chicago. And they're doing really well. Right. I know a lot of people who live. I know people in Winnetka. Uh, sorry, Wilmette, and they're doing well. Right. I know people who live in the suburbs and the environments, Glencoe, Glenview, like all the North Shore, and they're doing well, doing what it is that we do. Right. I'm just asking you the question because everyone I don't... knows Naperville is the comedy mecca of the world. I know it and, is. Uh, no, I moved for the woman, and I honestly believe, and I tell people this, who say, "Well, why not move to LA immediately?" Because this is an elusive dream. Whereas I would hate to be 80 and be like, oh, I found that girl who I think was the one. Uh -huh. And I was like, oh, I'll push it back because there'll always be women in the future, blah, blah, blah. There might, there might not. And as a comic, I'm only home half of the week anyway. Right. So I'm, I'm still not going to be there wherever there is. Right. Even if I live in New York, I'm only going to be there half the week anyway. Right. So uh, that's where she lives. So I'm all right with that. That's great. That's great. And the truth is that you, because the truth is that you don't need, we don't. Chappelle, you say he lives in Ohio? Ohio. On he the lives farm, in Ohio. He it, yep. Um, Chris Rock, I think, lives in Jersey. See? Uh, Harold Ramis lives in uh, outside of Chicago. I think it's eerie that you know where all these people live. It's weird. <laughs> and um, he's got this Hummel figurine on a shelf that I want. Um, it's painted blue. Yeah. Um, but all these people, L.A. is not the place. It's a place. New York is not the place, it's a place. You know what I'm saying? Chicago's not the place, it's a place. And we can make it wherever we want to Especially comedy-wise, because like I did a set just last night at the comedy store, and it was all right, it wasn't bad, it wasn't great. Right. But it, it, it just proves that there's the east, there's the west, and then there's what's in the middle. And I would say 90% of my stuff works well everywhere. Sometimes right. the south, it's a little scary, because... Uh, 
and I should mention this being we're on a podcast, uh, being Afro-American but not sounding black, it throws them down south. Because mm-hmm. like, I look at it as, uh, I think black audiences, it's like a, a car dealership. The white audience is like, show us all the cars that you have. Right. Whereas the black audience is like, bring us the Cadillac. Right. And I come out and they go, who ordered the Camry? I said the Cadillac. So they, instead of listening to me, they're on the fact that he doesn't sound like I want him to sound. Right. I think a white audience is more, okay, well, okay, give it to me. Give it to me what you got. Right. So. It, it, I, got, I love black audiences. I, I love them. I love them so much. As long as I don't have to play to them, I will <laughs> yeah, sit there. I went to see the Kings of Comedy in Detroit. I might have told this story. At a theater show? At or? a theater. No, okay. no. I, it was a movie. It was okay. a movie. I went to see it at the Rensan in Detroit. And with my friend, uh, I think I've told this story. I've got to be careful of all the stories i told. Um, he's, uh, his name is Kiff Vandenhuvel. And Kiff is a white guy, and I'm a white guy. We're the only two white guys in the theater. Right. And these people watching this movie, right. it's all black audience watching the Kings of Comedy, which is hysterical. Right. They are standing up and screaming and running through yeah. the theater like, wah, ha, ha. And I, it was just so joyous. And it made me love that movie so much more because that movie is now associated with the people that I saw that movie with. Right. It's not just what's going on with there. But DL was in that. DL Yugi was in that movie. was in that as well, yep, right? Yep, yep. And that opened me up to those guys. That was, just, that was one of but the funniest. But maybe you wouldn't have known them. I would not have known And them. I don't know if you remember this. In the movie, Bernie Mac, this is before Bernie yeah. was huge. He said, uh, they got TV shows. How come I can't have a TV show, America? Because you're afraid of me. I'm just joking, America. Give me a TV show. And then they gave him a TV show after right. that. So. It's a manifestation. He put that together. Yep. Yep, yep. I was really good. I liked him, boy. I really liked Bernie. him. Bernie? Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. He focused, you know? Mm-hmm. He, uh, I always hear stories about how they said he, would, he wouldn't go out to clubs because his friends like, yeah, we're going to go out and party tonight. He's like, no, nah, i got to work that bit out and blah, right. blah, blah. Whereas I'm the guy at the club going, I probably shouldn't be here. I should probably be <laughs> back <laughs> at the room. <laughs> Meanwhile, right. I'm dancing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, when, when you're working... Are you driving your car and going, uh, this is going to do something about trains? Um, no, that's, or, a, that's the best time to write. Is I like long road trips because that's when I work out new material. There's, on a mic? Uh, you know, I mean, on, on recorder? Or what do you just... I, I do both. I like to write it out the first time, which uh, is dangerous when driving, but I do right. it sometimes. But I like the microphone because... I capture what I really meant. Right. So I look in the notebook and I go, I have no idea why I said cats use toothpaste. That's right. not funny to me. But then later, if I hear myself say it, I'm like, mm-hmm. ah, the inflection. Right. But uh, I like both. Right. I like to write it the first time. Right. And I and and uh, uh, for me, I know that when I'm in when I'm in the process, I just everything matters. I'm open to everything. I'm ripe. I'm ripe. I'm like uh, I'm ovulating, you know. It's that feeling of it's something's coming, and I'm ready for it, and I'm like, bring it, bring it, bring it. Uh, you understand what I mean? Yeah, I feel that. that I feel that about the twist. What is the twist going to be? Right. Okay, I'm in a straight line. They know where I'm going. What is the twist going to be? Right. How is that like that? So right. that's how I describe that feeling. The twist. What is the twist going to be? Right. And you know that the, tw- the twist is coming. And yeah. it's not like, i got to figure this out, it's got to be now. Because you know the twist is coming. I, I can't write that way. I can't write the, I have to write this. Right. Now, there are times when I have to make myself go, I should write. And then mm-hmm. I've always got stuff to write about. But I can never make my, if, if, I, if I make myself do it, it sounds fake. Or with fake, it sounds 
it, it forced. Right. It just doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound right. Right. Because when people say, oh, what, what do you use for inspiration? I go, something usually happens. I repeat the story to Ian. He laughs. And right. I go, oh, I guess that was funny. I right. should write that down probably. Right. That's usually how it happens. Yes. Times out of time. No, no. And, and that's how most things happen. Right. And I think a lot of people look at things that, they, that happen in their lives and they go, that was a horrible thing. And you go, really? Was it? Tell me the story again, because I really like that story. Why would you want to hear a horrible story? It's like, because it's a good story. And if you want to live your life not, not doing things that you're embarrassed about or not doing things that make you look bad or not doing things where you're confused or whatever those things are, you're going to miss out on living your life. Your life is a series of how are you dealing with shit that's fucked up. I think there's three people. There's the people who look at stuff as... Wow, that's horrible, no matter what it is. Right. I got a raise at this job. Oh, but I got to move now. That's horrible. Right. Then there's people who sometimes only try to see the positive side of this. Oh, this is that, this is that. And then right. there's us who, no matter what you tell me, my mind, I can't help it, is going to try to flip it to be kind of funny. Right. So I would go on auditions for stuff, and my mind automatically tries to make it funny. Right. Which is probably a problem because, you know... You, it's not a problem for you. you know, exactly, exactly. But there are times where I got commercial stuff because everyone else went in with the serious blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. I went in with, hey! <laughs> right. And, and it worked out just because it was, it was different. But I always... Like, I'll have friends who'll, who'll, who'll tell me a joke and I'm like, what do you think of that joke? And they go, oh, you didn't laugh, so you didn't think it's funny. It's like, it's not that. It's my mind's doing that thing where I'm trying to flip it. Where's that? Where's the hook? Right. You, didn't, you, you told me a straight line. You didn't have a twist anywhere. Right. I and like- when you look at things like that, when you look at people, when, you, when I look at situations, I listen to stand-ups, and I watch them thinking, wow, you, that's what you settled on? You settled on that being the hook, that being the twist? I get mad at the audience. It's like, you laughed at that? You went for that? Really? That's what moved you, audience? He did you a disservice. Yeah, you know what? You're right. You're right. You're right. I had a because guy... the same reason I that I, the same issue I have with um, Republicans, people who vote for Republicans, <laughs> and, and I look the twist, at people. But I, 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 seriously, like I think if you want to come up and if you want to say if you want to sit and say, forty seven percent of people aren't going to vote for me because they're mooches or whatever. Uh-huh. If you want to say that, that's okay for you to say that. I'm not pissed off at you saying that. I'm pissed off at all the people that voted for you. Who heard you say it. And who heard you say that. And exactly. Because I could say whatever I want to say. If I want to say, everyone has to come over and eat this building. And and it's like, are you crazy? No, I'm not crazy. Everyone that comes over and tries to eat the building, they're crazy. And they're complaining. I don't want to have to eat this building. Who'd you vote for? The guy who said eat. Exactly. Oh, you know what? I don't want to come in. Why, Why are you eating this building? Obama. Like, he didn't have anything to do with it at all. Yeah. And I love what you, your thing about... And it's, it's in, we live in this time where YouTube and just recording with, from your phones, and it's just... Like, the work that you do, you can have a funny thing that you say. Right. And then it's done because someone's recorded it and put it online. Okay. And then you can't repeat it anywhere. Can you? You know what I mean? I, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, I hear a lot of people say that. A lot of standards will say, I have to come up material quicker now because it's getting out into the public and those people that come to see me, but, da, da, da. but I, that, that I, I think it's comic because I think sometimes we get lazy. We forget that this is a job. I'm supposed to write new material. I understand that. I get I'm that. I'm supposed to write right. new material. So when these guys are mad, oh, well, now it's on YouTube, so now I can't. Well, what, how long were you going to? And again, but I that's say this different. knowing I have jokes I've used for years right. and they kill. Let's talk about that. I love when people say to me, you know, when we'll just say Foxworthy, just say a name. When he first came out, he was hilarious. 
I don't find them as funny anymore. Right. And the thing is, when that person first came out, I'm doing air quotes, is because they'd been doing that bit for 10 years. Right. They had a decade to work it and twist it and right. fine tune it. So right. when you heard it, of course he was hilarious. And now, a year later, he's got to have a whole new hour. So exactly. it's not as crisp because he didn't have the same time frame he had. And look at Louis C.K. Look at what he's doing, man. Hilarious and that bastard works his ass he's off. He's got his fingers in everything. He what? He's got his fingers in every. He does, and he's he also does. working. He's also not stopping. He's not stopping. He's he he, he he's writing. It seems to me that he's constantly writing, constantly out there, connected. And I would imagine he doesn't have a personal life very much outside of his art. I don't know that. I, I, I'll talk I, to him when he comes. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, I won't. Yeah. Uh, I'll sit on the couch. I'll sit next to Ian on that one. Yeah. And uh, oh, that's what I was going to tell you. You mentioned uh, um, you went to a black audience and you saw that they were jumping up, laughing at the screen. Right. Uh, this is my one most defining moment in comedy was when I made Chappelle laugh, uh-huh. and it wasn't a regular laugh. It's what I call the black boomerang laugh. Uh-huh. His question was, he said, uh, he said it was five of us. He was go around the room, t- tell me your worst heckle. Uh-huh. And my worst heckle was I was doing a show. I thought it was going fine. And then in the middle of it, there was a little lull. This woman stands up by herself for no reason and starts going, the one person clap. And I was like, what? And she goes, I think you're funny, even if nobody else does. And Chappelle jumps up, starts laughing. Then he runs to the end of the room laughing, comes back, right. eventually right to where he started from. Oh, that was great. I was nice. like, I just made Chappelle. Yes, yeah, 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 right? Right. There's nothing, I don't even think there's a word in the English language that can describe that feeling. Um, Catherine O'Hara saw a show that I did, and then she came up to me and she hugged me and she said, you are a fantastic actor. Right. And I went... It was a stand-up show. No, it wasn't. It was, a, uh, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was improv. Um, um, and she saw that, and I thought, you're Catherine O'Hara. I, there's no word in the English language for that. You there's no expect. term where you go, where the term, the word that we need to say is what is the word that describes the feeling that you get from a, a from someone that you respect, telling you how much they are inspired by you. I think the word is well, that's not just one word. It's partially disbelief, but I think we forget that. You're an actor and you do this. You forget that there's someone who's a famous actor watches TV. Right. And he watches the show that you're on. Right. You don't expect that he would watch the show that you're on. Right. And then tell you, man, I love you on whatever show you're on. Like, you watch television? <laughs> you? Really? He's got a TV? Yeah. It's a, it's exactly. a weird feeling. Right. Like, aren't yeah. you at home just signing autographs exactly. and, and like wearing a robe? That's what I think. I'm going to try my this robe you know? on. Bring me more robes. Like, as a child, the first time I saw my English teacher, she had a second job at the grocery store bagging groceries and I couldn't get I was like seven eight years old I couldn't get my mind around the fact that you eat food you go out right. to places right. you have a car I thought you lived there I, it, right. I, I didn't it was weird it was disbelief right. like mom that's my teacher right. with a name tag on so right yeah it was right. weird you know right with saying. a name tag on yeah. that doesn't say Mrs. Phelps right the right. name tag Peggy? is who is Peggy <laughs> Peggy right right and everybody has that feeling. That goes back to the toilet paper thing where it's like everybody, like that story exactly. right there. Everybody is connected to that sort of thing. And uh, I saw my therapist at CVS and I'm like, no, this is not okay. <laughs> exactly. This is not okay. Exactly.
And I, and I think about it, and it happened maybe seven years ago, and I'm still like, that's fucking not okay. What, did you speak? I'm like, hey, how are you? Great, good to see you. And then he walked away like, that's fucked up. That's not okay. But I'm still thinking that's not okay. Was he and he's someone? still my therapist. Was he with someone? No, he was just in line doing stuff that people do. So when, when you see your therapist out and about, and you go, hey, how's it going? Do you wonder that he says, yeah, that guy's fucked up in the head. Right, do you wonder exactly. he talks about you yeah, after no, you leave? No, like, no. Oh. no, I'm going to tell you about my, my therapist. This is my therapist. Uh, I went to therapy because, uh, I, you know, for whatever reason, anybody goes to therapy, for, for the reasons that people do go to therapy. And I went there, and this was maybe eight years ago, eight or nine years ago, and I was going through some stuff, going through a divorce, and he helped me, and we we worked through that together, and then I was going through some crises of low self-esteem, and he helped me get through that, and, and then breaking up with a woman and he helped me get through that. Let me ask something first. Yeah. When when you went there, would you say you went to figure things out or would you say you expected him to give you answers to things? No, 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 no. What I needed, and this, because I've been going to therapy for a really long time and it's not to say that I'm a fucked up person, it's like to say I am healthy because of that. Right. So when I say a long time, I mean fifth grade. Really? Fifth grade. Like my folks took me somewhere. I believe that this is true and, and you know, if my parents listen to the podcast, they'd go yes or no. But um, fifth grade, I remember them taking me to somewhere and talking to somebody. Right. And I remember going to family counseling when I was in sixth grade. And I remember doing that. And I remember in high school going somewhere for, for other reasons. And, and as I remember, a comic, you say that, I automatically think he had a problem with crayons in fifth grade. You know, I automatically think... Yeah, I don't know what it was. I can't remember it. what it was. I cannot remember what it was. But, but uh, uh, as I got older, I remember... Um, <laughs> I remember having a therapist in... Um, when I was at Second City, having a therapist, and Carell talking to me, Steve Carell, who was in the company with me, talking to me about it, and he said, what's your therapist's name? And I was like, I gave him my therapist's name, right. I went to the same therapist. See? And it was like, that sort of fun thing. Right. Um, until, whatever, anything. So anyway, uh, uh, right now my therapy is is about maintenance. It's just me coming in going, oh, I'm just going to talk to him. Right, I'm just right. going to talk to like him. Like under the hood real quick. It's, but it's not real quick. It's like I go every Friday at 10 o'clock, 10 to 11 o'clock, and right. I go over there, and we just talk. And it's $32.50 because I was having, uh, when I was really having problems, I had SAG insurance, Screen Actors Guild insurance, and, they had, and I had Tier 1 insurance, which is great because it's mental health insurance, and that was half off of the normal price. Okay. And then when I lost my insurance, I said, his name is David, and I said, David, I can't come anymore. And he said... I really like you being here. Just keep paying me thirty-two fifty, and that's been eight years ago. That's beautiful. It really is, Warren. It really is. And what's beautiful about it is, I go and I talk, and I'm not looking for him to do anything. This is the reason that I go. I go so that these words can come out of my mouth, and I can hear them. Because right. if they're in my head, they just keep yeah. bouncing all over the place. But the moment they come out of my mouth, I say, I, I think I said that, or I will feel I said that. Is that true? Is that not true? Do I feel that way? And I have no obligation to hold on to it forever. This is just something that I said at that moment. And in that moment, it then changes. It then becomes real. And then becomes something that's like, oh, I feel that way. Okay. See? I I have a friend who... I, I, I am the friend who when people have problems... They share them with me, like, Warren, what do you think about this? And my uh-huh. outlook, whatever. But I don't really have friends that I feel I can do that with. My one friend that I do do that with, where I feel like, hey, I can tell this guy stuff and whatnot, 
Um, sometimes they'll call me at 2 in the morning and say, Warren, why aren't you famous? Oh, it's Ian. I'm sorry. I forgot he's in the room. Uh, <clears throat> that, that's my favorite Ian story. Sometimes Ian will call me I know, I know at 2 in the morning. Like, and you know, sometimes you he's been yeah. out having fun. Right. And they're it's never long like, conversations. Though. It's heterosexting. It's heterosexting. It is kind of sort of. But it's he'll actually call. Right. But literally, literally, oh, my okay. favorite conversation with him ever, he calls. I go, hey. And automatically, I look, and it's like it's like one fifteen or something. Mm. And I'm like, oh, this is, I go, it's Ian. I look at my girl, and she goes, put it on speaker. Oh, so nice. I put it on speaker. Right, and he's like, right. why aren't Tape you it. famous? Right. I'm like, I don't, I don't know, buddy. I gotta go. I gotta catch this guy. He's like, all right. I don't know what happened after. But that, so the the idea of you being that guy or you having some guy, there's still an association that's connected to that. That does not allow that for me. I feel like if there was a woman or a guy that I would talk to to say, look, this is happening to me. Right. There are certain things that it would it would really it would have to be very specific. Uh, my my relationship with them, as opposed to my therapist, will just have me talk. What does your therapist it. do that your friend does not do? Um, it's what my therapist knows that my friends do not. Ah, it's what my friends know that that's my worth therapist paying for. does not. That and I'm paying, paying for that. For. I'm paying for that. I'm not paying for you to know my history. I'm not paying for that. I'm paying I agree for that. him to be a sounding board. And I think that there are a lot of people that will go to friends, and that's okay to go to friends, but know that that is limited in a certain way. And it's limited because your friends are not going to be as frank and honest with you as someone that you're paying. Oh no, I'm that guy. I'm I don't that know guy what that going. Means. Did, did you hear? Did you hear what you said? I'm, I'm that guy who, when I'm going to listen to you and let you spew out all your stuff, unless I feel you're totally wrong from the beginning. But I'll let you get it out, and then I'm going to say, you do realize that you just said right. this, right? You know right. you said that? Right. Okay. Right. And that's about listening. That's really about listening, and it's also about you not having an agenda. But I think nine times out of ten, somebody will have an agenda. Like, your friend will have an agenda. It's like, i got to make sure that everything's okay with Warren. I know what's going on with Warren and, uh-huh. and, 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 and Warren's history and family and all that stuff. And that's a lot more baggage than than. I hadn't Some looked at it that handle. way. That's a good point. I hadn't looked at it that way. That's mm-hmm. interesting. That's interesting. And it's okay. You know, if somebody wants to conf- confess something to you, and right. I'm not saying that in, in any way other than sharing a secret is confession. You know, if somebody wants to confess something to you, that's okay that they confess that to you. But, but there's something... Is private or is, is priceless. I, I could see paying for that. that. Yes. That aspect of it. To know, look, I can share this with you, and I know literally you're not going to tell our one friend, Stephen. Exactly. You might tell Linda. And it's a burden that that person has then, that when they see Stephen, their relationship with Stephen right. is altered because of nothing that they've done. It's because of a politic that they have. If I bought Linda a ring, you might want to take that back. Right, I can't exactly. Say anymore. Right. Yeah. Right. Or why didn't you tell me that I should have taken that ring back from Linda? I and it's like, man, you're, you're putting. Right. We've all been in those situations. Yep, yep, yep. And. I feel that my uh, my wife blame my ex wife blamed my therapist for breaking up our marriage. Uh, this woman that I was dating blamed my therapist for you know not giving not I don't know tell, giving me good advice. You know, like that shit doesn't matter. Those relationships were going to go in the direction that they were going to go in, whether I talked to somebody or not. And my the bottom th- line was, when you need help, man, you got to get help. I look at it as you go to a therapist because you're in a dark room. And your therapist is just there to turn the light on and go, see that over there? You didn't see that before. Right. I'm just putting the light 
over I there. think what a therapist also does is you say, I'm bringing in all my laundry, and the therapist will go, okay, let's keep put the whites this, where the whites are, let's put this. the darks where the darks are, let's put the colors <clears throat> where the colors are, let's put the fabric that need, let's put the, the, the these are, should be washed by hand, Do we and they're going to look at these all clothes? that stuff. Those don't fit anymore. Exactly. Leave that over there. Right. Those don't fit anymore. That's gotcha. dirty. That's fucking disgusting. Right. Well, here's the thing. It's not disgusting. That does not serve you. Those okay. clothes, you don't want to wear those clothes anymore. Nice you think you want to wear those clothes. Right, right, right. But you don't want to wear those clothes anymore. And to be able to go, surrender those clothes, man. Mm. Don't even give them the Salvation Army. Wow. Toss them. Wow. Toss them. <laughs> but it's about you saying, how much don't you want to be connected? I'm sorry. How free, how free do you want to be? I wish I could do what you do. You start to say something, then you realize maybe that's not the best way to put it, and you stop. I'm like, I say it, and I go, well, I'm not going to say. I'm, for me, I again, I'm very aware of what I say and how I say it. Aware. I'm very aware. I'm very aware of a lot of things. I'm very aware of what I say and how I say it. And here's another thing. And you, you got to be the same way because you're, you're, because you're a stand-up. I love the way I talk, and I'm not talking about the words. That, I'm not talking about the tone of my voice. I'm saying I like the way I think, and I like what I say. I think it's, for me, it's, I like that you like me. I like that you liked what I said when I made that point. I like that, I like to be liked. That makes sense? I like to be, I, I like that, uh, that you agreed with that point. That's what I like. I like, I'll put something out there, and because some things people just don't like. But I love it when you more than just thought it was cool, you, you understood it, you liked it. But here's the thing, way. are you, are you, I get what you're saying. Are you saying you need that person for you to like it? Do you need that person to say, <laughs> in order for you to like it? Or are you going to look at that person and say, you know what? I like it. I don't care if you like it or not. I like I'm, it. I'm not at that place yet where I can say the 100% it's all me. I don't need you. Cause... No, I'm not saying that at all. Oh, okay, okay. I'm saying I, I, I need the audience because it's a symbiotic relationship. Yeah, most definitely. That's what I need. Right. But at the end... Uh, uh, Trying to say, but at the end of the day, because it's a phrase that I use very often. So <laughs> while I'm going through all of at while, the latter while, part of the evening, <laughs> <laughs> um, at, when I when I say something that I really like, I'm gonna like it because I like the way that I think. Well, that's why I wrote it down. But if you laugh about it, or if you agree with it, or if you if you laugh if you laugh at it, or if you agree with it. That's 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 great, right. but you don't have to in order for me to like it. Hmm. I think a lot of times with my comedy, I don't know what's funny until I say it, and somebody else laughed at it. Great. I was just getting it off my chest. But at like, the same time, oh. aren't you then saying, "I know how to do this shit. I know how to do this stuff." You know what I mean? I don't I I never think of it good. that way. I never think of it that but way. But aren't you a wordsmith? I am. Right. Aren't you a poet? I am. Aren't you a philosopher? This is accurate. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, and if you're a philosopher, you're not just going to throw a bunch of words into a tank and see what comes right. out. You're really aware of the way that you say it. You're really aware, aware of the way that you say it, how you say it, the tone that you say it, the tempo that you say it. You're aware of all those things. And so when I say something and I watch somebody do exactly what you're doing right, right. now, I go, I'm in the right place, man. Uh, I'm in the right place. Thinking and taking in what you're saying. Thinking and gotcha, taking it gotcha. in or taking it in and going, wait a minute, you're, oh, wait, you're right. right. And exactly. I go, oh, change it right there. And whether you get it or not, it fucking doesn't matter to me. See? It doesn't matter to me. See? Because you know, and it's not to say I disrespect you. It's just to say, I agree with what I just said. And I like the way my brain works. 
when I'm putting stuff out there, then yes, I do feel that way when I'm when I'm when I'm on stage because you're putting something out there, right? And it's like, and I know I'm right. But the thing is that you're not the, the putting something out there is the tip of the iceberg. It's what comes out underneath all that stuff. All you like the foundation of the iceberg is. Is, is the way that you think and the way the, the foundation that you're working and the basis that you're working and the words that you're using in order to get the tip of the iceberg so they go that and you go, yep, I've worked on that. See, I don't think of it that way. But isn't it true? Where does it come from? There's a percentage of it that's true, but I, I never I never think, because in that way it almost sounds like I trumped you, I knew I was going to no, trump No, I'm not you, saying that. That's not what I'm I, saying. I'm not saying there's a winner and a loser. I'm, just, I'm not saying that at all. Because there is no, there are no winners. There are no losers. There's just me being the artist, working I, on my craft. I guess there's times when I definitely feel that way, and there's times when I don't exactly feel that way. No, okay, fine. And I, I don't, I don't need to be right. But here's the thing, Warren. I don't need to be right. Right. You know, and that's what I'm saying. Right. I don't need to be right. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> 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 I don't need to be right, uh, and now I'm thinking. But I am. I, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> and here's the thing about that is I don't need to be right, but I am. And and, here, and I always think, and then I think, one day you're going to see it. You'll get it when you get it. And that's a big thing for me. I know is, that feeling. Right. I one day you're going to get it. One day you're going to get it. And you'll know. I don't even need know. to hear you say it and today. That's exactly. Because I know. Right. I and know that's that. what I mean. Yes. Good. Then I win. Yes. So, um, <laughs> checkmate. Checkmated me. No, but, checkmated me. But, but at the same time, I think that a lot of us have to have, and, and it's, when I teach improvisation or direct improvisation or when I'm improvising, I really like, and, and again, I feel blessed in that the way, the reason that I have, the reason for the joy that I have from working in the way that I work and the way that I think, and the way that I listen, and the excitement that I have, is has nothing to do with me. It has to do with all the forces that have come into me, the stream, right. all the different streams and, 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 and canals and channels and all that, that has become the River Rizowski. Right. And, and the flowing of that, and, and the joy to know that I am on a, I'm on a, uh, a raft on this great river and just floating through is only because of all of, of, of me getting out of my way right. and me listening to everybody and me also loving who it is that I am. Well, you know, it's hard to, to, to listen. It's yes. Hard, it's hard to well, listen. Well, what's the, what's, what's the noise? What's listen. the noise? The noise is, you said it perfectly when you said getting out of your own way. Right. So what is that noise? I have no idea. The noise of being in your own way? Yeah. What is the noise? What, what, is, what is the noise that stops you from hearing you? Uh... I would say pride. Yes. I would say <laughs> I like that. Yes. But it's pride, but the yes. thing is pride is ego. A pride is ego. Because pride for me, I don't I gotta tell you, there's nothing I don't agree I don't I don't believe in pride. I know that's a weird thing. I don't believe in it. I think it's just a connection to your ego where you go, I gotta I I've gotta hold my I've gotta hold my foundation of who it is that I am. See? And at the end of the day I go, No, I don't. I try to mix that with the statement of uh, everything in in, in uh uh, you know the word I'm trying to think of. You guys look at me from the side. Moderation. Give me the word. Moderation. Thank you. Thank you. Moderation. Two hundred points. Uh, everything in moderation. So, uh, I think I think comedy is like like being a boxer. Uh, you gotta believe that you can take out the guy you're fighting. You don't want to go and and say, well, he does have a great left hand and he right. is faster than I am. He's mm -hmm. a little bit younger. You gotta look and go. I can take this guy. I feel like that with comedy. I feel like I can make anybody laugh. Right. If you give me that opportunity and you get past that, he sounds like that. He looks like that. He does mm -hmm. this. He does that. And you listen to me, you're gonna be like. I too have done that. I have been there. Oh, that is funny. Right. And I feel like I should be able to win 
any audience over. Mm-hmm. I don't care where I'm playing. Right. So, but that's got to be pride. That's got to be. That's some not ego. pride. That's not pride. That's confidence. That's a thin line. If you say so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for They're me, losing for me, not seeing you right now. For me, if you say so, anybody, uh, you know, people that you do, you, you know, <laughs> anybody listening to this can probably put a cartoon character together, an avatar of what I just looked no, like. No, but, but at the, the same the time, smirk it's like, on your face. Is but the cap, like, if you canary. say so, because for me, I look so. at, it, I go, I think, I think confidence is huge, and I think what ends up happening is. Um, Organized religion has made confidence and pride the same thing because it's like the sin, the seven sins, and pride is one of the seven deadly sins. Right. You know, when I look at that, I go, forget about it, man. Forget about it. Pride is something that if I say to myself, I can't be too prideful, you know what I'm doing? I am quashing my inspiration. I am stopping my creativity because I'm saying, can't be too much of that. But you know what I get to celebrate? Me. I get to celebrate me. At the end of the day, I'm going to celebrate you for a little bit right. while you're with you, while I'm with you. Right. But at the end of the day, I'm going to celebrate me. And I don't think, you know, people may say that Dave Rosowski is such a cocky guy. I'm like, if you say so, but you know what? You know what? I like being with me. And that's not to say I'm perfect, because I am not. And it's not to say that, I, I'm, uh, that I'm not vulnerable. I am. It's not to say that I don't make mistakes. I do. And when I do, I laugh at myself. And I don't, I don't blame anybody but me. And when I blame me, I go, I did that. And then I move on to vodka or <laughs> cake or whatever it's going to be. Vodka or cake or, you know, playing music and dancing. one of the first shirts when you sell them that says, if you say so. If you say so. I, I, want, I want that to be it's, your next you know, title, your next CD. It's so funny to me because I've got students who've done, the, you know, the meme posters. No. You, you know those things where it's somebody, it's, it's a picture of somebody standing like this. Oh, yeah, yeah, You yeah. know, like. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, I know and, and, and people do those memes all the right. time of shit that I say and it's like ah it's really good um, did you put together the shirt that said was that a shirt that you bought off the rack the, um, the kids party shirt no I, you, cre- you created that I have a gift of coming up with t-shirt ideas for other people right I'm like, would you explain you right what there? the t-shirt says the t-shirt says uh, I also do kids parties right now it's one of those things where I think it's one of those standard things that uh, all comics say from time to time you do a joke that's inappropriate right and people laugh because it's inappropriate and then right. you tag it with and i also do kids like hey i'm doing uh-huh. a bit i'm grabbing my penis i go right. i also do kids parties right and the irony of course is oh my god i wouldn't want him at my kids party but i think right. i think of course it's, it's right. funny but i was trying to come up with a t-shirt idea and my girlfriend actually said you know what uh people always laugh when you say i also do kids parties right and i was like i was like well someone surely someone must own this already and i looked around no one owns it right it's like Hello, a word that we all it, say it, no it. one owns are you merching it Yes, I sell the shirt, and it says I also, and then do, and then kids, and then parties. Right. And the little tag at the end is, I always tell people, if you wear the shirt, uh, wear it all the way down. Don't wear it as a half shirt. And then when you flip it up, it covers the word party. So it just right. says I also do kids, which is, which is an extra right. wrong. It's right. an extra wrong. Right. I've only had it's one woman go. Wrong. It's not regular exactly. wrong. Exactly. Yes. It is Excel. New it's improved. Excel wrong. Wrong. Um, I've only had one woman come up to me after a show and go, you should not sell those shirts. Right. And I said, you're not who I'm selling them for. So that big exactly. guy behind you. Right. How about you? You shouldn't be buying these shirts. Exactly. I should be. I could exactly. be selling these shirts. You shouldn't be buying these exactly. shirts. Exactly. Here's a here's a good idea. Take your money, save your money, put it in the church bin. You know what I'm saying? The next home. lady who says that. Yeah. What? If you say so. If you say so. <laughs> so Come on, Warren. Ain't it a great line? That's if it you is, say it so, is. it really, really that is. is it's really a great line. If you say so, because you know what? And I, I, I've used this before. <laughs> like, if you call me an asshole, and I love this. This is something that came up with this year. The idea, like this, occurred to me. Like, if you call me an asshole, it doesn't make me an asshole. Right. It makes you the guy that calls me an asshole. Right. 
And I love that because at the end of the day, it's like, there we go. Um, the latter point because of the evening. In the latter part of the 24-hour period. <laughs> because um, really, what you think about me doesn't matter. Right. I agree with that, but there's also times when I need a little of that. Yeah, but that's ego. That's, and, that's, and it's me being self-aware because, I mean, I'm sure there must be other places, but as, in comedy, the biggest default that doesn't make sense is, I know, I know I'm funny. Right. But I can do 10 shows where I killed it and that last show just didn't bring it. Not, it was okay. If it's a bad show, I'm still stuck on that bad show. Right. I'm smart enough to know, Warren, 10 beats out one. Right. 10 beats out one right. bad That's show. That's fact, right? But I feel That's like I'm, I'm only as funny as my last show. But here's the, here's the when, when, I, when I look at those things, what I think about is, and I love that you, you use numbers in that. Because if you go, if you say, um, out of 10 shows, Nine are great, and that one show is is bad. Right. So you go ten percent. Right. Okay. What is that? That's a fact. Right. Right. It's not the truth. Ooh. And the truth is the thing that you live with. You don't live with the facts. You live with the truth. And what's your truth? I'm funny. Yes, sir. That's my truth. Yes, sir. So. Because you say so. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what made it safe for me? You said. Because you say so. Right. If you had said, if you say so, I would have felt bad about it. I'm like, oh. Right. No, if, because the if, you're right. You're, the if is if you say so. And you know what you always do? You always say so. Right. So right. it's always because you say so. But I'm trying to make it nice. Nicely so done. So it fits on a tweet. We're selling bit. t-shirts, folks. Yeah. Come to the yeah. podcast, ADD Podcast Hotline. And Merch it up. Merch it up, fuckers. If you Merch say it up, so. fuckers. I'm That's serious. a t-shirt, too. I mean, that's a t-shirt I know, you need I know. to sell. I hear you. If you I say so. If you say so. I'll wear it on stage. If you say so. Um... But looking at all that, and, and again, the work that you do, you, uh, the work that both of us do, right. it's the idea of uh, I, need to, I, I, I need to unfold, I need to evolve, I need to, to bloom. And if I look at pride or any of that thing, right. um, that's stopping me from blooming. My favorite, uh, this is, again, on these long drives, when I'm coming up with comedy, uh, just because sometimes they're so long, if you've ever driven from... Uh, Phoenix to Florida. Mm-hmm. That's a long drive. Sometimes I listen to self-help tapes. And sometimes right. other comics will, will, will make fun of me because of it. But again, I'm trying to help myself. You right. know? And uh, I had a girl tell me once, you listen to self-help tapes? And then it was like she wanted to take credit away from me. And I was like, let me get this straight. I'm trying to make myself a better man. But right. chicks, obviously better than you. If you wouldn't even want to do what he wants to make himself better, right. it doesn't even make sense. But uh, one of my favorite uh, lines was uh, Dr. Phil. Yes. Who said, no matter what happens, no matter what the issue is, ask yourself, what did I do to make this happen? And that has been, for me, for me personally, uh-huh. that's been the best line. Because there's times you get so mad, someone cuts you off, someone does this, and to be able to go, all right, try to figure out how this is my fault that this guy just cut me off. And it's uh-huh. like, well, you know what? I didn't use my blinker. I did kind of speed up on that. Because so, no one wants to be mad at themselves. You don't want to be mad at yourself. No. I, for me, my feeling is, the, it's interesting. Because I would look at that, and I agree with the idea of self-help and, uh, and, and hearing people that can spiritually or you know, in some way get you to your, right. get you to you, right. get you to love you more, whatever it's going to be. Um, that was my why, Facebook post the other day. It's I'm going to interrupt you with that. That was my Facebook post the other day. It said, uh, I, I, wrote, I wanted to see if I could write on my own page just uh-huh. to do it, and it said I could, so I had to think of something to write, and I wrote, uh, note to self, dot, 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 I love you. 
parentheses. My name is Warren B. Hall, and I approve this message. Love it. And I and I hit send. Right. And I'm surprised how many people actually wrote oh, like yeah. and commented. And right. Was like, oh, well, that was oh, for oh me. Oh my God. That's, that's been that's, for me. That's one of my venues. Um, <laughs> but I I agree with you. The idea of talking about Dr. Phil line. No, no, I know, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not lost. I'm I'm very found. Um, if you say so. That <laughs> <laughs> I love. Now this. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> That to give yourself permission to love yourself is really awesome. I'm, I'm quite all right with that. I know, I know. Quite and I think right a lot of people aren't okay with that. Uh, a lot of people think that that's an ego thing where you do that. Now, I'm going to go back to the thing about why did I, how come that happened to me? Or what, what, was, the, what was your, what's the statement that you said to yourself? The Dr. Phil statement. Oh, uh, no matter what happened, uh, how did I create this? Right. How did I help make this what happen? What difference does that make? Because it's easy to be mad at somebody else. It's easy to be mad at that guy because he broke my car. It's uh-huh. easy to be mad at that guy because they dropped my whatever. Uh-huh. It's, it's not easy to be mad at yourself in a way. Nobody really wants to blame themselves for stuff. Some right. people do. Right. But right. the I majority see, I see of us, that, that, that I angle. see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Okay, because I was, okay, um, I get that. I get that. And all of that comes, all of that, like the idea of uh, uh, blaming yourself I think that looking at that, blaming yourself, what is the attachment to blaming yourself? Like how old, how long are you going to hold on to blaming yourself? And the idea of like, I'm going to blame myself forever on that or I made that happen. Isn't that crazy? Right. I made that happen. And that's as far as I can right. go. Right. I don't like to be mad at myself. No, so I am it's not. It's easy for me to go, what right. did I do? Oh, that was me. That was on me. My bad. Right. Exactly. My bad. And my the bad. moment that you go, my bad, I think what ends up happening is... Um, it diffuses everything. Because I think there are a lot of people who want to go, ah, you, you know what you did? You go, no, what exactly. did I do? You did that. And then I say, oh, I did. Exactly. I did that. Exactly. And then That's you feel, a fucked up thing but to then say. You're not, but then you're not mad. No, you're not I'm mad not mad. You're like, oh, if anything, I'm not maybe you're mad. embarrassed. Maybe you're like, oh, I guess I shouldn't have done that. You're right. 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 Uh, there could have been something else that I, I did. But you know what? I didn't do the other thing. I did this. Correct. So I'm going to look at that and learn something from that. So uh, the, the frustration of that, t- that, one per- that 10% of the shows that you do that right. weren't good, that didn't go. the temptation is for you to go. The temptation is for you to, to kind of forensics the whole damn thing. Take fingerprints of every right. word and weigh everything CSI. out. And you know, and at the end... At <laughs> so later on... Later on... Um, when you when you really take a look at it, sometimes it just is not. It was never all that. It was never all that. It, it, sometimes you can't figure it out. You don't know if all those people just witnessed a horrible accident at the supermarket together, and you see them, and you're like, what the hell's wrong with everybody? Well, and the, the truth of the matter is, that's the opposite of at the end of the day, the right. truth of the matter is, usually on those shows where I'm so mad at myself, if I've taped it, I watch it later, I realize... Oh, that show was much better than I thought it was. Yes, I thought I thought they weren't laughing, and they they were definitely laughing. And probably the show that you look at that you think you really really did well on, it didn't go as well, well as you thought it did. Thanks for bringing it that way. I'm gonna <laughs> because they're both not true. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, it's they're both about your perspective. Right, perspective—that's the word. Perspective. Yeah, yeah, and and the great thing about that is. We have a choice of what we're going in the perspective that we're the point of view that we're going to engage with. Right. So if I'm going to look at a show and say that was a bad show, and I've mentioned this before on, on the podcast, is in 25 years I haven't had a bad show. That's what I think. Let me. Let me you ask, may think something else. Let me ask you this: Now that you say that, I know you're a bit of a political guy. When you see that uh, the Democrats have taken office, or you see that the the, the Republicans are taking office. 
Does that make you feel like, damn it, the Republicans? Are, or do you just see it as, it just is? No. I see it as, if, if, like right now, I, I'm, I'm with you in that, like, I, can't, I still can't believe that Obama's our president. Right. You know, look at that and I go, right. that's awesome. We won. Right. Fuck those people. Right. When are they going to turn it around? Right. So that's what I look at. But, uh, but that's, that's uh, that, you know, I'm entitled to that. That's but, my point of view as well. And technically, it just is. And we attach, I'm happy about it. I'm right. angry about it. Right. But technically, if, uh, I read a book this year called uh, The Rise and Fall of um, Prohibition. Okay. The the rise and fall of prohibition, right. and looking back on all the things that were going on in 1913 and 1933, or whatever that was going to be in that time right. period, um, looking at all that was going on during that time period, the same thing's going on now. We survived that. We're going to survive this. You know, whatever it's going to be, we're going to survive. The certain things that we really need to work on that have scientific, like things like climate change and those sort of things, like we've got to look at that and say, but politically, people hated people. Things always circle, and I felt bad because I didn't know. I didn't know. I was born in 1972. I didn't know about the Watts riots. Right. I didn't know about that until the Rodney King thing happened. And I was talking to someone and said, oh, it's the Watts riots right over again. And I was like, what were the Watts riots? Right. And they were like, what? And right. of course, you know, you YouTube it now. You YouTube it and see dogs and hoses, and it's like, right. it's a circle. It is a circle. And I remember when the Watts riots, what, I'm 53, and I was born in, 19, in 1959. And I remember when the Watts riots happened. And I remember watching it on TV. And I remember my family, you know, say, uh, my, saying to my family, what's going on? And they're saying, it's not happening here. Everything's going to be okay. Uh, it's fine. And then when, or um, around that same time, where... Uh, Parts of like neighborhoods in Chicago burned down because of riots in Chicago, and it was closer to our neighborhood. Still, it was that it's everything's fine. Time, it's okay. It's over there. It's them. But what we look at right now is, I look at it, it's not them. It's us. It's all of us. And when and nowadays, I think because of YouTube, because of Facebook, because we're all connected in a much deeper way, we're not seeing things as us and them as much as we used to anymore. Okay. Because we are that. connected in a way. I see that. I just and you're seeing it too because you're traveling across the country. I, I we see it front page going across the country. Right. It's just interesting how certain things you can talk about here, everybody gets it. Over there, they don't care so much because that's over there. That's further away, so they don't care. <laughs> right. Like when I went overseas for the troops and did shows, the closer we were to danger, the more they loved us. The further we were, ah, the comics are here. They didn't really care. Right. That we were there, but the people right. in Afghanistan, they right. loved that we were there. Because they didn't have to think about the other. Who was thing on the tour doing. with you? What are the comics? Um, I've been four different times, <clears throat> but uh, uh, let's see who first. Uh, you know what? Who, who's funny? Uh, Paul o- Ogata. Is that how you say it? Ogata Ogoto. I don't want to say his name wrong. Mm-hmm. Ogata, uh, very funny. Um, Richie Davis is the one who throws it. It's comics mm-hmm. on duty. Um, uh, he doesn't go by that name. I'm trying to think of what stage name he uses. Tony Darrow. It's actually Tony Ladaro, but Tony uh-huh. Darrow, he's one of the funniest guys you've never heard of. He's just hilarious. Wow. And he did, he ended up doing five minutes on, there was a general there from Russia, and he did five minutes on the fact that the dude's name tag was on, and he goes, 
I can't even read those letters. Is that, is that a seven in your name? Is that a seven? And then he did like five minutes of material uh, on this dude's name badge. It just, it was, oh, is there a seven in your and name? Look at that. You know, we, again, just noticing the world that's around you. Exactly. Not coming in with material where you go, this is, it has to be like this thing. Tom but, Irwin, he's an LA guy. Who? You know Tom Irwin. Tur- yeah, yeah, yeah. He did, he did 25 days in Iraq. He did that. I was on that first really? tour with him. True story about him. Literally, we've been there maybe three weeks and we were there, we were there 28 days. And uh, I remember one day I wake up and I look over and he's already sitting up. And this is, we were, this is frontline stuff. We hear shots going on and whatnot. He's sitting straight up and I wake up and go, are you all right? And he literally said, we got to get the fuck out of this country. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the words I woke up to. We got to get the fuck out of this country. (laughs) Um, I'm going to end there. All right. (laughs) (laughs) This was uh, was great, man. Oh, it was really, really good. Thank you for having me. Oh my God. Thank you for coming over. It really, it's huge. Thank you for listening to the ADD Comedy Podcast. For Dave Rosowski, I'm Ian Foley. For more information on ADD Comedy, you can visit our website at www.theaddcomedytour.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at ADD Comedy Pod. If you're in the Los Angeles area and you're interested in taking a class with Dave, you can find that information at his website at www.davidrosowski.com. Sound services for the ADD Comedy Podcast was brought to you by Post Apocalyptic.